0: Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit! Today's special guest from ProWrestling.net, Jason Powell. I'm Here's your host, oh. Past Bunny. You guys still out there? All right, good. It's Rob, Squared Circle Pit. I took a bit of a, a break. It's been a few weeks since I, I've done an episode, it's been a few crazy weeks here. Uh, in the mental injection world kind of preventing me from working on this but I'm, I'm going to be back at it there will be another new episode in two weeks and I'm going to commit to doing the once every two week schedule once again I'm recording this on Thanksgiving Eve now for a long time wrestling fans Thanksgiving Eve was a, was a very big day and Thanksgiving was a big day it was the Survivor Series and at a time it was Starcade and it's a very wrestling-friendly time, and Stark, uh, Survivor Series, not Starkade, was this past weekend. And I have a few mixed feelings on it, uh, you know, uh, about the Goldberg-Brock Lester match. I, w- I was certainly shocked. I'm not sure if I like the ending. Uh, it was confusing to me at the time. I was hanging out with Darren from the livecast, and we were both stunned. I'm going to talk about it a little more with my special guest, Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Jason is one of the leading journalists in pro wrestling. He's one of the guys that actually gets scoops, actual backstage reports that are factual. That are, He actually knows people and he does a great job with the site, ProWrestling.net. It's uh, one of my go-to sources for pro wrestling news. I highly recommend it. So we're going to be talking to him about Survivor Series a little bit, about journalism, about, you know, if you're a journalism fan, I think this will be interesting to discuss uh, wrestling journalism. And you can compare it to what metal journalism is like, if that's even a thing that concerns you. And and we'll be talking some wrestling. So other than the Goldberg-Lesser match, which we definitely get into in this interview, uh, I thought the main event was, was good. It was a little long, though. I kind of felt at a certain point that I was ready for it to end. I wish it was maybe 10 minutes shorter. I thought the tag team Survivor Series match was the best match on the show, especially the final few minutes with Cesaro and Sheamus and the Usos. The Usos have completely reinvented themselves. Uh, I'm really glad American Alpha got a big pop, and they got like a nice moment during the match to shine. And uh, we'll see what goes on with them. They're facing the Wyatts next week on SmackDown. I'm guessing the Wyatts are going to win that one and the, win the tag team titles, which should be, I think it'll be cool to see the Wyatts dominate the tag team division. Uh, and it looks like Orton's sticking around with the Wyatts. I, I for sure thought he was going to turn on them like Daniel Bryan did, but they're sticking with it for now. And it's uh, it's starting to grow on me. I'm, I'm into it. I think the two, the two of them, Orton and Bray Wyatt, have good chemistry. And Luke Harper is. Completely underrated, so I'm glad uh, he's having something to do. And the women's match I thought was pretty good. I loved Nia Jax's dominance, but I thought it was so lame how she tapped out to the disarmor. I really felt they should have done a, a cooler finish for her the way they did for Braun Strowman later in the night. And I'm happy Bailey won it. I thought the angle after was cool. I was very shocked that Sasha Banks got no time at all to do her thing. But, whatever. I thought the IC title match was okay, but the Cruiserweight title, both the Intercontinental and Cruiserweight title matches had screwy finishes, and I hated, like, the Intercontinental title match was alright, fine, I'll, I'll accept that, uh, but the Cruiserweight title match was infuriating, and it, and it almost didn't make any sense if Braun Strowman, uh, I'm sorry, if Baron Corbin truly wanted to cost Callisto The Cruiserweight title, why did he wait 20 minutes into the match? Why didn't he just interrupt right away? You know, what if Kalisto had won before Corbin uh, planned to interrupt in the match? Didn't really make sense. But uh, those are just my quick SummerSlam thoughts. Uh, I'm going to talk about my match of the week right after this interview with Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Now entering the squared circle pit is one of the most prominent pro wrestling journalists out there one of the few people you can actually trust and a guy who i've been reading i realize now for uh a little over 15 years i'm talking about jason powell the editor-in-chief of prowrestling.net hey
1: thank you for having me and that's a very 15 years you're making me feel really old But uh, it's very nice to be here. I just wish you'd clean the squared circle pit once in a while. I mean, it is a pit. I guess I shouldn't have high expectations, but it's a little nasty in this pit.
0: I feel like any time I clean it, it's just going to get messy again. So what's the point?
1: That's what pits do, I guess. Yeah, you're right.
0: But yeah, I I, I, I was just thinking about this before as I was kind of doing prep for this interview that uh, you started with the Pro Wrestling Torch, one of the most respected pro wrestling websites. And I've been reading your hits and misses, since there was both Raw and Nitro.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, there's a lot of uh, different people, I don't, when when I left the Torch, they kind of, um, I do the hit list, and Wade asked if if I mind if they'd kind of keep it going, Yeah, just change the name to, you know, Hits and Misses or something like that, and that's what they did. I know there's others that kind of do it, but yeah, I was the first guy, as far as I know, to be doing that, and that was back when the Torch launched online, I want to say, 97 98 somewhere in there probably 98 99 actually because I think I started at the torch in 98 so yeah it's been a long long time
0: yeah it's pretty crazy uh it makes me feel old as well if that if that helps you any, any. <laughs> but, I, I do feel better now yeah <laughs> but uh, you know this is the squared circle pit and and Jason you know you and I have corresponded on email before you've shared some of the uh metal videos I've done and I've come to learn that you enjoy some hard rock and and heavy metal as well so get those Get those name drops in. Well, what are some bands that you enjoy listening to?
1: Uh, first and foremost, I'm a Guns N' Roses guy, but uh, a lot of different Alice in Chains, big on them. Um, I, I mean, I'm encouraged by New Metallica. I got to admit, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Of- yeah, I've I've kind of moved on, but I've heard a couple of tunes now, and and uh, from from the new new album or double album, whatever it is, and I'm liking it. I'm a Faith No More guy. I, I like the uh, the Cult. Um, I, I mean, just a, a long list, and then you know, kind of a lot of the hair metal bands that. Maybe today I wouldn't be so proud to admit, but uh, <laughs> that I enjoyed back in the day. But Skid Row, Motley Crue—I've got a buddy who flew out to uh, LA to see the last Motley Crue show, and I was invited to go with, and I, I skipped it. But uh, I saw them several times. So yeah, I mean, just a long list of uh, hard rock bands that I definitely enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I highly recommend the new Metallica. Actually, I listened to the whole album, and I find myself not being able to stop listening to it because there's so many like really good songs on it which is very impressive that's great is it a double album yeah but only because it's like slightly over the 80 minute it's like an hour and 15 the okay. whole album so it's yeah but it, it goes by pretty i have to say it's pretty quick i feel like my complaint from the last few albums they did before this is they would just overstay their welcome for certain songs like songs could have been like half as long but sure. i sure i don't think it has this problem on the new album Guns
1: N' Roses would never do that. <laughs> uh,
0: but let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, wrestling journalism, which is, is a term that some people might roll their eyes at, but I do believe it exists, and there are uh, quite a few reputable sources. And like I mentioned, you are are one of the few. And I, uh, you know, as someone who has been a, a wrestling fan and always enamored with the, the behind-the-scenes stories, which. At times, I feel were more interesting than what's happening on camera. How did you first get involved with writing about wrestling?
1: I was uh, hired at the Torch as kind of a jack of all trades guy. I was uh, grew up friends with Wade Keller through wrestling, and um, he brought me on board to kind of just help with mailing or just you know whatever odds and ends they need because it. it... Was and still is a newsletter, but newsletter when I jumped on board was the primary uh, was the primary business, and it just it quickly evolved. And uh, I was within no time. I kind of became the assistant editor, and uh, just kind of you know everything grew from there. And, and so, just uh, took a chance on working for a friend. You never know how that's going to go, but I, I I knew Wade would uh, have my best interest in mind, and, and just uh, really dove in and uh, loved every second of it. Learned a ton. Um, you, you can't really ask for a better mentor in that regard than Wade Keller, somebody with just true journalistic ethics. You know, I, I learned so much about that. I think I I feel like. I got a college, uh, I, I got a college course while working at the Torch, and so it was, it was uh, super beneficial.
0: That's cool. And I've always wondered uh, about sources. Now, obviously, I'm not going to ask you to reveal your sources, but Vince McMahon <laughs> he calls you directly. You have a direct line to Stanford. Uh, but I'm always curious, like from a wrestler perspective, like why would they reach out to you when publicly, at least, you know, the quote-unquote dirty always viewed as the enemy or or, or whatever is it more to get their side of the story out
1: yeah you know it's different for different people and i think it's the same way in any line of journalism you know why you why does somebody reach out with a story to the new york times or and i'm I'm not gonna sit here and compare myself to them but i'm just you know it's there's different reasons for different stories even. Um, some people, and you obviously have to be careful of this, want to kind of get their slant on things. Right. I, I, I do think it's changed though. We're not the enemy. There was a time when I think the newsletters were viewed by many, not all, but many within the industry as being the enemy. And as time has gone on, there's a little bit more of a friendlier working relationship with some of the major companies and WWE, is actually the easiest to deal with these days. And you know there's there's people within certain companies that are easy to deal with, but WWE uh, it, you can reach out to them for comment now. And the way of right. saying no comment is often not responding, but oftentimes if it's something they want to get out they will be quick to get back to us and uh, and and there there've been spurts over the years. I remember when I was at the Torch, we used to get attendance figures and merchandise figures from at WWF at the time and then you know they, they, you just never knew how long it was going to last and i was very surprised when wwe kind of struck up this m- most recent i don't know if you call it real just just um oh what's the right wording for it because i don't want to make people think like there's some sort of a um any type of an agreement by it it's nothing like that it's just
0: they're just it, friendlier it, to to the new sense. yes
1: yeah yeah there's been more dialogue and even when they started, I'm like, yeah, it probably isn't going to last. You just never quite know. Not that the people in their PR department are are bad people. They're not the ones making their call, right you know? and and so I just didn't know how long it was going to last, but so far, so good, you know, I, I think they've kind of come around to i at least I like to think they've come around to seeing that, not the enemy, you know. We, yeah. we cover the industry the same way uh, you know, a newspaper might cover politics or, or the sports section. You know, however you want to view it, that's what we do for this industry.
0: Yeah, I remember, like maybe ten years ago or, or, or twelve years ago, something like that. Like shortly after the demise of WCW, WWE made a hard stance of not providing any comments. To wrestling sites and providing no info to wrestling sites, and then I feel like once they started getting serious about like social media integration, such as Twitter and Facebook, that's when they kind of reach back out to you guys, and and now like you said, you have this open dialogue, and I think it's for the best for everybody.
1: I do too, you know, and there, I mean, there there definitely seems to be some co opting of of the mainstream media taking place. There's some sites that, uh, some some big sites that just Seem like they're bending over backwards to work with WWE. ESPN is the one that really comes to mind. And there's there, there's times where you're just like, you don't have their programming. Why? Why? But um, I, I think the key is just to uh, just call it as you see it at all yeah. times. And, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, if you're working in journalism, I think you have that obligation just to, uh, no matter who you're friends with, no matter who you dislike, whatever the case may be, Call it as you see it and, and don't let anything kind of skew your viewpoint.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and just to address what you're saying, I think the reason ESPN covers wrestling is because they, you know, everyone's super analytical now. They see that the wrestling coverage that they have started doing gets a lot of traffic. Because oh, of course. I, I feel for the longest time, uh, wrestling was kind of a, a shamed form of entertainment in that people were never open about themselves being wrestling fans, but in these last few years, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of seeped back into the the mainstream where it's, it's more like a nerd culture type thing now, as opposed to just like a, a, something for that, you know, was kind of looked down upon shortly after the attitude era.
1: I think you're right. You're certainly right about ESPN. I mean, it's it's numbers to them. You yeah. Know, it's it's business to them. I just wish they would cover it in the same manner that they cover the NFL, for instance. Um, you know, I'm a big sports fan, and so I, I I do read their NFL coverage, and it's different. You know, they yeah. wouldn't get away with some of the things. That, you know, the the way Jonathan Coachman kind of puts his spin on things for WWE, seemingly. You know, it just comes off like. Some of the things he puts out there, it's like you're reading a WWE press release almost Right, you his it's viewpoint flawed. on things. That wouldn't fly, you know. And I, I mean, I know they have their their talk shows, their "I'll take this side, you take that side" debate. And those are awful. But when it comes to hard news, it just seems to be a little bit different. And, right. and I didn't even mean to turn this into some anti-ESPN thing. No, no, there's no. Good people over there doing good work, but right. it, it does kind of stand out, just kind of make you scratch your head a little bit.
0: Uh, well, as, as for yourself running a new site uh, and, and just the day to day, I feel like we have something in common in that I also, you know, uh, I'm a entrepreneur in the, in the metal world. And I know, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot to commit to a, a daily schedule. I'm assuming you work from home as well. I do. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing that, that I imagine might be bothersome is, you know, you spend a lot of time calling people, getting like an exclusive scoop or, or getting a news story. And then within 10 minutes, every other side on the sun has ripped off your story. Some will credit <laughs> and some just don't give a crap and, and are just like, they're the, the modern dirt sheets, like as I call them, where they take a piece of news and, and completely misreport it. And I I was curious as to your take on that, like, are you kind of kind of just dismiss it as, you know, part of the game, so to speak, or or what do you think?
1: It's very frustrating. You know, the other thing that will happen, too, is if some if another reputable site will report something, maybe they ended up confirming it on their own and they don't, you know, acknowledge who had it first. Then some of the more news with the Z sites, as we like to call them, will pick up that story as if they were first to have it and that and that will frustrate. You know, it's like, come on, you know, and the the best you can do is if it's if it's a news of the Z site that has some traffic is to reach out to them and point it out to them. Yeah, I mean it, it's frustrating. I, as long as they're offering fair credit, I don't mind at all. You it, know it's right that is the nature. I mean, you can, if you follow enough, uh, like I, I, I'm sure in your world, it's the same way. And for me, you know, for me, if I'm covering a bunch of NFL beat writers, for instance, one will put a story out there on on Twitter. And then within a matter of minutes, like five other guys will have the same story. And and Uh more often than not, they're, they're they're good about crediting, but it is just kind of, that's the way things are now. You know, it's changed so much in that regard from back when there were a couple of newsletters, and uh, you know, eventually, you know, once when when the internet launched, then obviously you had some sites out there, and but a lot of them were just getting so much of their news from those newsletters, and it kind of started back then where they weren't doing proper crediting.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I, and on the other to the other side of it, I have to say, like I did used to visit those news with the Z sites. And they actually led me to the reputable sites because some of them did actually credit. And after a while, I realized, well, why am I, why am I visiting these, you know, malware virus havens when I can just go directly to the source? So that's something I try to tell all wrestling fans. Uh, I recommend, you know, your site, uh, Wade Keller's Wrestling Observer, PW Insider, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, just because it's like why why get someone's retelling of the story just go to the direct source of it you know i
1: appreciate that yeah i mean you know i'm not gonna it's not i'm sure some of those sites have good opinion pieces and things like that mm-hmm. and like i say you know hey if they're offering fair credit i, I do that for a number of stories you know i i when it, if if a story deserves fair credit it gets fair credit that's always been my policy since i launched prowrestling.net and so i mean if I just—I've never understood what is so difficult for people when it comes to doing that. Why they feel the need to just act as if it was their story, and, and because—and I think it—it it probably lies in what you just told me. You go to their site, you find the original source is listed, then they go to the original source and they stop going to that site. Right. But it's—it's it's just you know it's very greedy. It's, yeah. um, you know, It's plagiarism.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and back to what we were originally talking about, I'm sure these people. Never took a journalism class or it's just, uh, you know, it's not that difficult to launch a site anymore. So and I feel a lot of it, too, is these are young people who don't like this. It's not necessarily a business They're It's kind of just for fun and they just want traffic and the ethics kind of get lost in it.
1: Yeah, you know, some just don't know any better. I've, I've dealt with some smaller sites where you just, you know, you let them know, hey, this is kind of, this isn't really the way you should do things. And mm-hmm. if you're nice enough about it, they, they appreciate it and, and, and they learn. You know, it, it's everyone, you know, everyone learns at different times, obviously.
0: Well, let, let's kind of move in front of the scenes a little bit uh, as opposed to going behind the scenes. This week, we're taping this on a Tuesday, uh, Survivor Series and Raw just happened. And I want to talk about the main event of Survivor Series, uh, if you can call a one-minute and 26-second match or main event. But sure, it it was the last match. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. When I saw this, when I saw the jackhammer after the two spears, I was like, okay, I guess Brock is going to kick out. And then he didn't kick out. And it was the most shocking moment, I, I guess we could say, since the Undertaker streak broke. Yeah, and in that exact moment, uh, well, how, what was your opinion on on the? How did you feel immediately after? Before you knew that Goldberg, you know, was signed to do some more matches.
1: Um, I mean, I immediately assumed he was going to do more. I, it right. would have been ridiculous to have him go in there and and work one match and be Brock and not have Brock get that win back somehow. So, you know, I assumed that was coming. I also just kind of looked at it like. This is this is nice for WrestleMania. This doesn't set you up long term, and they keep putting off making today's stars count. And, mm-hmm. and there's you just look at all the guys who have been called up from NXT that people were really high on at one time, and some of them are in decent positions, some of them are in worthless positions, and now you kind of you, we've kind of lost hope with a number of guys. For instance, on the Raw side, there are few people you can look at and go, "He should have been the guy to beat Brock Lesnar." you know people may have their choice but it really is hard to come up with a strong argument for somebody on the raw on the active raw roster as being that guy and get you know many people on board with it so you got to kind of look to nxt and they could have created a star in a samoa joe had he done that shinsuke nakamura same thing these are guys that are already in their late 30s who are just kind of you know propping up the nxt brand but if you would have given them that type of win over Brock Lesnar, you create a star who's going to be there beyond WrestleMania 33. And even if Goldberg sticks around a little longer than that, he's a part-time guy. These are full-time guys.
0: Yeah, and he's and, also 50. You know, he has, Yeah, he'll be
1: 50 in December. Yeah, and you know, and and so I mean, I get what they're going for. I think it certainly builds up the Royal Rumble. Now, it it, it beefs up WrestleMania. What does it do beyond that? And I think Vince is very much into that's about as long term as he gets, is looking to WrestleMania. I I just hate seeing today's star, today's full time star, just be kind of positioned as those guys while you know the stars come home for WrestleMania because you're running out of those stars.
0: I agree. And then always in like late April or uh early May, you kinda of get this feeling like, Oh, all the stars are gone. This is just like the B squad, you know, like this is it kind of like uh, uh, the, the main shows kind of lose a little bit of the muster because all the big, you know, part timers are kind of gone and you kind of you kind of see how shallow the star depth is. Uh, but one thing I want to ask, though, really quick uh, before we move on, though, is uh, with the Goldberg Brock Lesnar match. Uh, my initial reaction was like, this is terrible. This is like they spent two years building up Brock as this monster. They gave him the Undertaker, they let him beat the Undertaker streak. This is such a, a bad move. And like, you know, they they bloodied up Orton for no reason. And and then I kind of looked online uh at some other just regular fan reactions on Reddit and whatnot, and people were, were very excited and very You know, just like, wow, I can't believe like we got like a classic Goldberg match and all this stuff. And then sometimes I ask myself, am I (laughs) like, am I too into the behind the scenes? Am I too worried about like sometimes I feel wrestling fans don't like something because or or me specifically because it doesn't make business sense. And and should we as fans be that critical? (laughs) Uh, Like, should we let WWE worry about the business end and we just focus on? like what we're seeing and take it at face value.
1: You know, fans can view it however they want. You know, in, in my position I choose to look at kind of the the overall business, the long-term approach in addition to just the now. And this is right. a now move. And you know, it's no different than I'll just you know, go with another sports analogy, uh, a a baseball team playing for now rather than thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yeah, you get caught up in the moment. It's fun if your your team makes a big trade before the deadline, and you think you're you know you're, you're set for that year, and maybe you win it all. And it's a little bit different because well, if you win it all, you, you'll take five bad years. No big deal. If if you don't win it all, then you might look back on that move as not being so great. Um, with them, you know, it's yeah, this this beefs up WrestleMania 33. What do you do WrestleMania 34? I mean, it sounds, you know, Taker's making it seem like he's around more. We don't know if this is setting up kind of a retirement tour or where things stand with him. You're going to get to a point where you're going to have to rely on these guys that, that are working full-time for you, and they're not being positioned as stars. You're not going to be able to, you know, the, the guys I can think of that you could bring back realistically that would have some sort of an impact are down to Kurt Angle, They've been resistant to use Uh, And you know I think Matt Hardy's Reinvented himself enough with that broken character It would mean a lot if he came in Jeff Hardy just as Jeff Hardy even without Brother Nero means something And CM Punk and who knows if CM Punk Has interest where that stands you never say never That's about it And then I mean Maybe somebody leaves between Now and five years from now that's going to feel Like a big deal if they come back I don't know But I just don't know why they don't I mean, look at your, the top of your raw card right now. Kevin Owens, yeah, he's coming off a really good match with Seth Rollins. They finally breathe some life into that program. But he's been kind of a comedy sidekick. That championship hasn't meant nearly as much, and I really like Kevin Owens. They do not he, He's entertaining. It's fun in the now, but is it really making you want to see him put that title on the line against somebody? And, right. and some might say yes. But I mean, I guess just to kind of you know tied up. Yeah, I just I, I choose to look at the long term because to me it's not about just the now. Yeah, I. I but again, fans can view it however they want. They're just going to trust in WWE that hey, they loaded up this WrestleMania 33. This is great, and they're not thinking about WrestleMania 34. Well, that's kind of what I guess. Again, I, I feel like I, I I'm obligated to do that.
0: To some right. I, yeah, like it's your job to analyze. I, I completely understand. And, and, and based on like what you're saying, I feel like. WWE really hasn't created any top guys. All of their top workers right now, uh, like you said, Kevin Owens, kind of like as great as the wrestler he is and as big as a fan as I am, they haven't really shown that they have faith in him as the leader of the brand, as the, as the universal champion. Uh, Seth Rollins, I feel they've completely kind of, like, made his return cold. Like, the crowd was super into him at first, but they brought him in as a heel, and then once he turned, the crowd was kind of over it. And I feel even with, like, Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles, they they still don't seem to be at the level of of these, like, now part-timers like John Cena and Brock Lesnar. And, and for me personally, I feel like this all started when The Rock came back. They saw how much of a bump they got when he came back to host the WrestleMania and how it's, like, basically bigger than anything they've done on their own because they're just – so they've essentially kind of given up on, on, like, super long-term planning and just kind of work year to year, like you say, WrestleMania to WrestleMania.
1: That's – that, yeah, and that has been Vince's approach. I just wish he would look more long-term, and, and I don't – you know, who knows? He's He's said they're open for business when it comes to a sale, so maybe in his mind, yeah, making this year's WrestleMania is the most important thing in his world. Mm-hmm. And he's not thinking long-term because – Plans to sell it. Who knows? But I wish he were. I just. I think it's. It's everything CM Punk talked about, and I didn't dis, I didn't agree with everything Punk said when he was complaining about guys like Rock and Taker coming in and getting those key WrestleMania spots. I think you certainly give them key WrestleMania spots, but where he was right is they were sacrificing today's stars. It'd be different if you, if, if Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and Dean Ambrose meant almost as much or ideally as much if not more than those returning stars but they don't yeah. and you know they're, they're down a notch or two and that's where things need to change for the you know the the good of the of the company long term and i i just don't know if they have it in them if, for whatever reason they've been in this pattern for so long that i don't know if they're oblivious to it if it's a conscious decision but it's it's damaging You know, what would they be doing if they didn't get Goldberg this year? If he just would have said no.
0: Yeah. And I think even worse now, I feel, is that they're putting these part-timers against these other part-timers. And and these, like Brock and Goldberg, they're not giving a rub to anybody else who's going there. If anything, it ended up kind of making Rusev look like even more of a fool for having to be the one to take, you know, the initial spear from Goldberg. I feel like at least if you bring these part-time guys and let them, mix it up with the full timers why can't we have a kevin owens versus undertaker program or rusev versus goldberg or, or any of these to kind of give these new guys more more name recognition as opposed to just use them to as, as you know got like people to allow goldberg to get a shit in
1: that's the key to this. You know, you, you built up so much equity in Brock Lesnar by having him end the streak, by having him and I know he lost some early matches, that's fine, but he and he lost a triple threat. He's pretty and and one fluky one to Undertaker, you know, that right. was but he's never
0: cheating. lost clean. He's never right. lost a clean pin. Not
1: since he beat Taker, no. Yeah. I mean he's been very dominant since then. And so you build him up in this big way. I I think their plan was—I really believe—was to have Roman Reigns be the guy to take that from, you know, to get that big win. Right,
0: in San Francisco, right? I guess two
1: years ago. it it just didn't work, Mm -hmm. you know. And to their credit, I mean, that I'll give them that. In looking at their options this year for a big Brock Lesnar match, now I would have, you know, I'd love to see Joe or Nakamura. I don't think Vince sees them that way. I think in Vince's mind, the three options were essentially. Shane McMahon.
0: Oof. Um, yeah,
1: you know uh, <laughs> who Shane wants to and... see
0: that? Nobody. I, I can't. Like, what? I feel like Vince McMahon thinks Shane McMahon is a much better worker than he really is. I thought he had great matches like ten years ago or, or whenever you know he was around, but I feel like his match with the Undertaker, save for you know that crazy spot, was completely underwhelming and could have been like ten fifteen minutes shorter, and it kind of showed how both of these guys need a younger guy to kind of carry that, like, to keep, you know, take the brunt of of the work. It just seemed like they were both out of gas by the end of it, and they would do one move and, like, wait five minutes. Like, who wants to see that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they wanted to make it feel epic, and, and yeah. it just, you know, it didn't. And, and, it, and it saved Manny in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong, because, you know, Shane's a returning star, but last year's a perfect example of a crew that had been so abused that they didn't mean nearly as much, and you had to get desperate and bring back Shane McMahon to face right. Undertaker because Manny looks so underwhelming. But this year, I think it was really, he looked at Shane, he looked at Roman Reigns, and Goldberg were his options, and Reigns just isn't the answer. I don't know why he can't give in and turn him heel, but yeah. for whatever reason, he's hell-bent on him as a babyface. Shane and Brock Lesnar would have been an embarrassment, and, and I'm someone who looked forward to Shane and Taker. I really am, so I'm not an anti-Shane guy.
0: Agreed. Same here.
1: It, but at the same time, they don't have any restraint when it comes to Shane. And I really fear it would have been Shane in there throwing these punches that Brock Lesnar has to sell and looking ridiculous yeah. and, and jumping from high places. And I'm not saying you can't have – But for me, when it comes to Brock working with someone like Shane, I thought they should have done this with Shane and Taker last year. You want to make it credible? have Brock or Taker charge at Shane outside the ring. They run their head into the ring post. They're knocked loopy. That's when Shane gets all of his offense in. Because anything else, it's just like, here's this you know, 40-something father of two or three, whatever he is, and he's been off doing non-wrestling things all these years, but magically he's a, he's a great wrestler because his last name is McMahon. It's just really sappy. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, looking at the three options, I do think – using that Vince McMahon tunnel vision I think he picked the right one because Reigns would not have made the most of that that fans would have rejected it Shane would have been laughable and Goldberg I mean clearly people are reacting to him. people are excited by this it's just you know it's a so it works in the short term again I just question the move for the long term
0: right and and to be fair they're they're doing everything right with Goldberg he is essentially the only top babyface they have he's just pure babyface he's there he said like to, to be a superhero to kids he's being actually cheered by the crowd he's not saying these cool heel lines to get over he's just being pure babyface and personally i think wwe just does not know how to book faces anymore like that reigns versus rusev feud rusev is the heel was acting in a way that a face would, you know. He was talking about his family, and and Rusev came in and attacked him. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Reigns came in and attacked him. Reigns was the heel in that feud, but he was positioned as the face.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it it do they know how to book either? Because most of their heels are comedy figures. Even AJ, as good as he is, there's a little bit of a hayseed, you know, part of his character. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are mostly comedy and you know and, and Jericho will tell you that he's still doing things like when the crowd wants to wants to get excited about the list he, he tells them they're not on it they're not good enough to be on it that sort of thing that's fine they're still comedic you know they're still a little too lighthearted and it's working at some at some degree yes but it feels like mid-card comedy dare i say in the in the, in the mm-hmm. main event slot yeah it's it's not good for kevin owens as champion but i do think some of that was it was helped last night i, I think that uh the, the the rollins match was just good enough it, it they finally had some intensity in their feud it wasn't about stephanie mcmahon or triple h it was about these two guys going one-on-one and you know rollins is a guy that yeah they should have brought him back as a baby face they Vince's love fest with Roman Reigns continued and he he thought Reigns needed to be the babyface and Rollins needed to be the heel and he was wrong but I I think Rollins is good enough entertaining enough it has it's it's taking longer than it should have but I do think he's on his way to becoming a top guy now they just need to pull back on scripting him as heavily as they do some of those lines he has it's just like yeah, you didn't. That didn't come to you naturally. He's it's it, I don't blame him. I kind of I just I blame the way he's written, but yeah. he's 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 still good enough to overcome that.
0: It's always funny when you hear like one of these tough guy wrestlers use like a big word. I don't have a specific example, but it's just like this character would never say like that kind of word. Like this is not how these people talk. You know, it, it's just weird. Uh, I know we have to wrap up uh, soon. I just really quickly wanted to ask: Do you, you know, other than WWE, do you have time to watch any of the other promotions? Do you watch? Oh God, TV? yeah. Okay, so do you follow TNA? Like, I honestly, I've yes. stopped following TNA. I mean, I know it's kind of your job to do it. Uh, do you think it's worth getting back into for somebody who's kind of like I've lost? I do follow the Hardy stuff online, but is it worth watching week to week? Would you say? Um,
1: you know, I would say yes, but. There's a creative shakeup now. You know, they Dave Lagana is out, Billy Corgan is out, and Matt Conway, I believe, is still going to be there. But you have a lot of different cooks in that kitchen now, and, right. and I've I've really enjoyed TNA this year. Uh, it's been, it's it's certainly not a perfect product, but it it's a more logical product. There's plenty of weeks where I felt Impact was a better show than Raw or SmackDown this year, and it's rare that I say that. I'm not a TNA apologist by any means, and. But there's just been something about this year that has clicked, that they've, they've really improved, they've tightened up their storylines, and I was hoping that, okay, yeah, they, they're going to need a new, a new ownership regime for sure, and that was always my fear is, but are they going to come in and clean house with Creative? And they didn't clean house because Dave Legon ended up choosing to leave the company, but I, I wonder how much of that had to do with the fact that they were adding so many other people to this. So it's kind of a question mark. I mean, you're going to get... Everything is done through the end of the year. And obviously, I would say, basically... you know, I I can say watch this stuff they're doing now because it's fun, but everything changes with that first show of the new year. I think that's going to be the time to really check in, see if you like what they're offering and, and hopefully it'll be better. I'm, I'm a little skeptical, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely cover TNA, Ring of Honor, NXT, you know, you, you name I don't it, really,
0: I don't fan really fan. watch the uh, Ring of Honor week to week. Uh, I, and I, And I've read online that they're, Weekly show, it's it's like a take it or leave it. It's not necessarily there's not much storyline development. Would you agree with that? Like, or or are they worth watching week to week? I usually I, just watch the pay per views.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's been better lately. It is not a, a well written week to week product. It, it's disappointing. It it can be frustrating to watch them because there are too many episodes where it feels like they'll just throw three matches out there that really don't have much storyline purpose mm-hmm. and. It, it shouldn't be like that. There's there's some laziness that I think happens, but th- lately it seems like it's been a little more tightened up. What they do on the show feels like it matters more, like it's building to something, and then you'll get that pay-per-view, and then you'll have to go like three weeks without a new show. It, it's best of material. It's stuff taped before the pay-per-view, whatever. And and some of it, it's not just Ring of Honor's fault. They have to have their uh, their shows to uh, Sinclair broadcast and, and so, so they mm-hmm. can be distributed by, I think it's on Fridays or something. it's just there's a there's a reason that's not all them but it's still I wish they would do something to address that because you just start getting into the flow of the show a pay-per-view happens and then it's just uh, you know filler material for two weeks like well what happened at the pay-per-view and they kind of tell you but they just move on so quickly and then when those new tapings start up it's like the pay-per-view just happened or something
0: I see yeah uh, th- that sounds that sounds awesome Unideal in terms of uh, trying to be a committed fan. Uh, Quickly now, like with New Japan, I find is the most consistently excellent uh, uh, federation or or company out there right now. Uh, They don't do weekly TV. They just have these kind of like house shows leading to a big event every month or every other month. And I feel with these big shows or even with these kind of like smaller shows where they do the eight man tags, there's always at least one excellent match. Sometimes, most of the time, two or three, and they have some some really good talent. Do you Do you follow New Japan?
1: Not as closely as I as I'd like to. You know th- that that with so much happening in the U.S. scene, it's really difficult for me just to have some semblance of a life outside right, of right, wrestling.
0: Right, right. Because there's also do you follow Lucha Underground?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, John Moore covers that. I that's the one I fall way behind on mm-hmm. basically, and so I'll watch it kind of in blocks, and and I'll do that with NXT where I'll just kind of fall behind by a couple of weeks and you know, kind of have like a binge fest to catch up in time for the, the live specials and things, unless I hear something really good is on there. But yeah, New, I mean, New Japan's great. I do I do see a lot of their talent on the Ring of Honor shows, which is nice. But yeah, I wish there was that weekly television show. I think that'd be great.
0: Yeah, uh, I feel like it, it'd be awesome if they kind of got their shit together with their their media stuff. I know they're trying trying things out, uh, but it's great. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for for taking some time. I know it's a a very busy time right now, right before Thanksgiving uh, for talking to me. And and if you want to let people know about about your site, here's an open forum to plug away.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. And, and uh, as far as ProWrestling.net goes, uh, updated constantly, or maybe not too much on Thanksgiving. Everybody enjoy the holiday, as we will be, but uh, if you're looking for news updates, uh, I'm updating the site almost constantly, especially throughout the work week. Uh, we have uh, also, you know, not just news, but also opinion features, the hit lists that you mentioned, and also a ton of audio content. We do free daily audio shows just to kind of give people an idea of what we do behind the member side of things and uh, the the free audio content. Try to keep it, you know, once in a while, like today, this this week I I snuck in my raw audio review, which is a little bit longer, but oftentimes it's kind of 15, 25 minute type stuff just to kind of give people a sample of what we do. But um, on the member side, we have full length audio reviews. Survivor Series went 80 minutes, nearly 40 minutes for the NXT Takeover show. Um, My raw reviews on Monday nights often go, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, just depending on what's going on in the show. And we also have those for SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, and TNA. So we are keeping you up to speed in audio form as well on the member side of things. If you're interested in membership, first off, just visit ProWrestling.net, get a feel for the site. And if you decide you want ad-free access and enjoy all the perks of membership, uh, all that audio content that I mentioned, uh, $7.50 will get you in the door. There's a sign-up area on the main page. That's for one month of membership, and you can bring the price down if you would commit to either the six-month or annual option. Uh, the annual option is going to uh, bring things down to an average of five fifty dollars a month. So you're saving a couple bucks a month. And I'll even tell you, check it out Monday. We've been known to do a Cyber Monday sale or two, and I'd be surprised if we didn't do something this year. So uh, if you're listening to this and it sounds like a good deal, eh, you might want to hold out until Monday and check back at <laughs> ProWrestling.net then.
0: I, can, I can't say enough great things. I definitely visit the site at least once a day just to keep up with, with all the news. And I uh i one thing i have to say i appreciate uh, unlike some other sites which i will not mention is while there are absolutely ads and you know i i obviously can't hate you for for trying to make some money on giving me this free content it is not overly intrusive there's no uh ridiculous pop-up ads it's very tasteful and and as a visitor i very much appreciate that and i appreciate all the all the information that you have provided me with with over the years on prowrestling.net
1: well, hey, it, it's my pla I appreciate you saying that, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's not just wrestling, there's some sites out there where it's like, good Lord, you know, you just you, you click on a Google link to something, it's like, I just wanted to read one quick blurb, and I yeah. gotta go through all the. Yeah, and we, you know, we definitely have to pay the bills. But that is a nice thing about the uh, the membership is you can get the completely ad-free option as well. Um, now, it, it, it for doing this, what time did you say Axel and Slash were gonna be calling me? I know you've got the hookups.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get them on the line momentarily. <laughs>
1: I, I was thinking maybe I don't drum, but you know, I, they they don't seem to want to use Adler on a regular basis. I could learn and, and replace Frank.
0: Well, also, they have two keyboard players now. You could always be a third or, you know. Oh,
1: there you go. I, I'm big on the triangle. I don't know how, I don't really there think go. there's any triangle, but uh, all those layers on Chinese democracy, there's got to be one in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, there's someone playing triangle, and that could be you. I'm that guy. Well, I'll talk to Axel. We have, a, we have our weekly meeting, and uh, I'll definitely uh, drop your name in. And when you talk to Vince, you let him know I will gladly accept any position at .com over there. Perfect. (laughs) All right, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time. ProWrestling.net is the website. Visit it daily, get the factual wrestling news, and uh, thank you again for for taking the time to do this.
1: My pleasure, anytime.
0: I really enjoyed having that conversation with Jason and, of course, his website again, ProWrestling.net. My match of the show, the match I highly recommend you go check out, is Chris Hero versus Ishii from New Japan. The show happened at the Revolution Pro Wrestling event, I believe it was last weekend. It was the Global Wars event in uh, Great Britain. If you weren't able to see it, if you don't have access to the uh, Revolution Pro uh, on-demand service, again, you've got to see this match. I found an embed of it. You can go to the uh, desktop version of the site, go to metalinjection.net/squaredcirclepit. And uh, on this episode page, I posted an embed so you could check it out. Highly recommend you do. Also, as always, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear who you'd like on the show. What you think of the show? You can always tweet me at Robinjection. You can also tweet at Squared Circle Pit, no E in Circle. And we're on Facebook, Facebook.com/squaredcirclepit. I will see you in two weeks. I promise.